With Siata Dishmaya, we're going to continue with our lessons here and meeting with the King of Kings. I just want to say that we have a few more lessons left. And I hope that in this journey of seeking out the true connection to have with your God, which basically shows a desire to Hashem that you truly want to connect with Him and speak to Him and understand and know more about Him is in itself a big, big, big nachas that you're giving to Kadosh Baruch Hu. So we have a few more lessons left in this journey. And Hakam Hagayon, Rabbi Itamar Schwartz, which is the underlying author here, who's giving us all of these goodies and these steps and these advice and these practicals to do throughout all of our, our, our journey here and meeting with the King of Kings, has come up with another, uh, has authored, another work which is that true connection also with Hashem so once we finish this uh, path here I'm meeting with the King of Kings then we're going to open up uh, another series which is going to to, to 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 totally connect you so which is a pathway it's actually the pathways to Hashem himself so I hope that everyone here is applying these steps this is not an overnight this is not a one-size-fits-all this you have to go through this process as we've identified it and as we laid it out to you and all of these 40 some odd lessons you have to go step by step and you cannot continue to the next level or you shouldn't until you've been able to at least um, make practical the steps that were in the lesson in which you were learning because if not how are you going to learn how are you going to learn if you're just listening to this shiurim just to listen to something okay fine you listen to something but that doesn't help you that's just going to make you a believer we have to know and in order for us to know and become a knower and to know our God, not just believe in our God, to know Him so that we can connect with Him and be in the Vegas with Him, then we have to totally do the steps and the practical steps and, and, and understanding what that means and living through them at our pace, which means is at our level, wherever you're holding. So make it meaningful for yourself. Don't let this be a time waster. Don't just peruse through these lessons like it's background music or you're just hearing something. All right, you did a little bit of something, but it's not enough. It's not going to help you build that bond. It just doesn't work that way. Obviously, that's why you're listening to these lessons. So I would totally suggest and, and tell you, you must go back to the lessons until you've mastered that lesson. And once you mastered that lesson, you move on to the next one. Hashem made it. So all you have to do is turn on your WhatsApp or go to the website, trusthashem.org, or go into one of these uh, Jewish podcasts that this meeting with the King of Kings is everywhere and just listen. Look how Hashem made it. You don't even have to pick up a safer and read it or understand it. All you have to do is listen. Listen and do. You understand? So that Hashem is even giving you that bridge to reach Him. But it's your, it's on you. It's on you as we've been learning. Because our only real desire, free, uh, free, free will in this world, free will in this world is only to have Yirat Hashem or not. And if we are not choosing to do this and we just want to peruse through this, and that was your free will. You chose. You chose the path of just perusing through quickly and not really connecting. That was your choice. But if you choose to truly connect to your God and be in the vacas to Him and bond with Him like the Torah commands you to, and you go step by step, Hashem will help you. Hashem will help you get there. So now let's continue with our lessons here. And so we're going to, we described already 
the topology of the human personality of having three layers. We talked about that, that the innermost layer or force is Hashem's will, which is referred to in the Sephora Makodashim as the point of the Shekhinah that rests in the Neshama. The layer covering that is the inner will of the I, of which is it's said that our will is to do your will. So the third and outermost layer is the I that often chooses the opposite of Hashem's will, Shalom, and is referred to as the Nefesh Habeemus, which is the animal soul, and the Yetzara, which is the evil inclination. So in every area that one confronts, these three forces either want to do an act or to avoid it. So all of our work with Midot depends on contemplating and becoming intimately familiar with these forces. In every Midah and in every aspect of Avoda that you want to improve, you have to first discover the factors that are influencing and motivating you. And so now let's now take the attribute of anger, for example, and discuss it. If you get angry, your Avoda is to contemplate, usually after the event, because at that time the anger is strong, and, and you won't have much control. But from which Ratzon did this anger come? Did Hashem want me to get angry? Did it come from the inner eye? Or perhaps it's just the outermost eye that chose anger. So of course you have to work gradually again. But let's speak of the goal. You have to consider every detail of your life. Uh, Torah, tefillah, uh, uh, good deeds, eating neutral matters etc and examine each act and see if it's positive or negative and this is to say who wants to do this and who does not so this exercise will afford you great clarity in your life you're going to know which acts foster closeness to Hashem since those acts stem from the inner will to do Hashem's will and which are which acts are harmful so you'll also identify the acts that are positive but performed with the wrong motives so any area that you're trying to improve must clearly be analyzed both during the time that you set aside for contemplation and when confronting the issue in daily life itself. So this avodah is divided into a number of stages. Okay, the first stage is, as we said, clarification. You have to identify all the ingredients and see who wants and who does not want and why. And the next stage is to dive into Hashem, that you will do only proper and sincere deeds and not improper ones. And the third highest stage is to perform each act lishma with pure intent as well as shelo lishma with ulterior motives. So of course, every Jew should, should strive to, to live only for Hashem, but you have to take one step at a time and not attempt large leaps. You can't suddenly switch from shelo lishma to lishma. And we mentioned this before that you can't jump from the world of evil into the world of good. You just can't jump like that. So you have to go through the entire process. And that's to say, after you engage in contemplation and tefillah for an extended period of time, you should start adding lishma to the shelol lishma in each act. And so now let's provide some examples to bring this principle to life. But there's one idea here. You cannot, you cannot transition quickly from shelo lishma to lishma rather you transition from pure shelo lishma to a mixture of shelo lishma and lishma okay so for example you may be sitting down to learn a torah and begin clarifying your desire to learn so there may be an outer will not to learn because it's hard to exert the mind and certainly an inner will to learn 
because that's what Hashem wants, depending on the requirements of the halacha. And so the inner eye feels, our will is to do your will. And so if you decided to learn, the outer will itself has its own admixture of reasons for wanting and not wanting. It doesn't want to learn because of laziness, but it may want to learn for honor or fear of punishment, etc. So every person has his own admixture of reasons. So if you learn Torah because of honor or fear of punishment, it's all shalolishma. But in fact, to learn Torah purely in order to please Hashem, just to please Hashem with no thought of receiving honor or fear of Gehenna or desire for Gan Eden, it's extremely difficult. It's difficult. What then is a proper way to approach the learning? So after you've clarified the various wills, daven to Hashem to enlighten you with the true Ratzon so that you can attain perfectly Shema. Say to Hashem, I know that my inner Ratzon is to engage in Torah in order to please you. But my outer ratzon is filled with all sorts of material motives. Nevertheless, I do feel a small ratzon to learn lishma. How strong is it? Perhaps it fills about 1% of my feelings. And so, master of the world, I'm about to learn, both in order to please you and in order to satisfy my personal interests. Help my component of lishma to become stronger and my shelo lishma to become progressively weaker. And if you don't feel a slight ratzon for lishma, daven to attain that itself. Daven for it. But it's highly unlikely that if you reach this point of avoda, that you won't feel any such ratzon whatsoever. It's unlikely. So, of course, you should not spend an inordinate, an inordinate amount of time on these thoughts and tefillot. Rather, as the Nefesh HaChayim teaches, pause a little before beginning to learn Torah in order to have the proper intent or kavana. And slowly you're going to become to magnify, magnify your inner song to learn with the feeling of lishma. And this growth should not come with great excitement, but with a sense of inner peace and the unwavering song to make continued gradual pros- progress. And this way you'll, you'll place yourself closer to lishma and slowly disengage from the wills of shelo lishma. And all of this has to come with tefillah, with tefillah to Hashem to help you progress according to your pure yearning. And that was just one example, my beautiful Bas Israel. You may also decide to perform an act of kindness, a chesed. You may hear that somebody is sick or ill and decide to make a trip to visit them in the hospital. So before you embark, pause and clarify why you want to go and why you might not want to. And the reasons not to go are that the trip costs money or it will be difficult, uncomfortable, exhausting, and so on. And so after that's understood, clarify why you do want to go and consider the input of the various levels of the soul. And so say to yourself, does Hashem want me to go? Yes. This is assuming that it's clearly a mitzvah to go because sometimes this is not the case. And so does my inner level of our will to do your will want to go? Yes, and if so, deep down, I want to go. Nevertheless, the outermost part of the eye must be examined. And on one hand, it does not want to go because of the expense, difficulty involved, and so forth. And on the other hand, it wants to go. Because after the person is discharged from the hospital, he'll return to the neighborhood and ask me why I didn't visit him. I would feel uncomfortable and embarrassed. So to avoid that, I want to visit him now. Shelo lishma. So after you concluded this analysis, stand in tefillah before Hashem and request, Master of the world, I know that on the current level of my heart, the will to make the trip stems from superficial motives. 
But please help me so that the only true motive for the mitzvah will be your will and not vain reasons. And you should be aware of your motives and discover that many of them, possibly the vast majority, are shelolishma. And then ask Hashem to make the true motive of that of our will is to do your will apparent in your soul so that you will really want to do each act lishma. And after that, you'll prepare to embark and again say to Hashem, practically speaking, why am I going? I have a I have pure as well as ulterior motives. I have a slight rough zone to please you and a lot of self-interest. And then you continue and ask Hashem to make your feelings of Lishma passionate and evident. But know that in the meantime, you only have a small degree of Lishma and much more Shelo Lishma. So understandably, the details are many and we can come across innumerable situations. And one example mentioned before was a desire to eat. We talked about eating. Clarify your desire for that food. And on one hand, you want it because of your animal soul. But Hashem might want you not to eat it or to only eat a small part of it or perhaps even to eat all of it, but with less focus on the taste and so on. And so you'll then approach the act of eating the food, knowing that from the perspective of Lishma, there might be no reason to eat it. And for example, you might already be full and this food will have no value other than its taste, but you feel you cannot withstand the temptation. And in fact, there is no real sin involved. You might even make a bracha before it with great intent. Yet you must realize that from the standpoint of the inner truth, this act of eating is not connected to Hashem. And he, he will derive no satisfaction from it. So what should you do? You should eat. But pause for two minutes and turn to Hashem in prayer and say, please help me to merit truly feeling that I do not need to eat this food. And in this way, although you ate the food in the end, you remove its sting. You'll continue to eat, but also be suffering a little bit. And the main desire has faded and the passion for it has fallen. And hold the food in your hand and continue to dive in, not to want it so much. If the tefillah is sincere, if it's really sincere, you will gradually find that the desire starts to weaken. And there are other ways to serve Hashem in this area, but they all have the same general approach. You start with a mixture of lishma and shelol lishma. At first, the lishma is minimal. And the shelol lishma is dominant. And the avodah is to change the percentages through effort, increasing the lishma and decreasing the shelol lishma. And the work will take a long time. Your task is to progress gradually, but steadily, as we, we mentioned at the beginning of the shiur. At one point, there will be more lishma and less shelo lishma. And so you will gradually progress. And as your level rises, you'll reach a stage where you will be able to forego some pleasures. It won't be as a result of a struggle, but a simple feeling that you just don't need them anymore. The aspect of lishma will have become stronger and the shelo lishma weaker. And understandably, in some areas, the Shelolishma will be very strong. And in some areas, the two forces will be almost equal. And in some areas, the Lishma will be stronger. And as you strengthen the force of Lishma, it will not only reside in one area of your efforts, but will become a powerful force in the soul and will naturally spread to all other areas. And there will still be many areas in which you act Shelolishma, but the general yearning that fills your heart will be to please Hashem. And this way, the lishma will become a powerful force throughout the day. And you should dive into Hashem that the small element of shalom lishma will be nullified by the predominance of the lishma. And the avodah will become much easier because of the lishma will be the prominent force. And you will naturally think a great deal throughout the day in a manner of lishma, not merely your mind, 
but mostly the heart will yearn to please Hashem. So work step after step, making the Shelo Lishma weaker and weaker. And at one point you'll sense that your deeds are being performed with pure intentions. Then the task will be much more subtle. You must examine each act and suspect that which seems to be Lishma is all fantasy. And hence at the beginning you examine each act to see if it's done Lishma or Shelo Lishma. And continually strive to strengthen the lishma and weaken the shelo lishma. And once you feel that your main motive is lishma, you're faced with a completely different kind of avoda. At first, the yetzahara convinces you to act shelo lishma. In other words, that's the one initial level. That's your initial level. And then once you seek to serve Hashem lishma, the yetzahara tries to confuse you to think that your intent is lishma even when it's not. And the deep self-interest of, of the, the deep self-interest will affect you in many ways. And you may think that you're acting with pure intentions, while in fact, much of what you're doing is for ulterior motives. And deep down, the motives may be insincere. So in order to discern, discern your real state, your real state, you have to examine yourself very, very deeply. So this is a life time struggle my beautiful basi Israel. even if the greatest even if the if even the greatest of the great sadi came always suspected that they might might not be acting with the proper motives even if on the surface something seems to be lishma it can really be shelo lishma so if you do not detect even the slightest element of shelo lishma you'll know that you are in a world of fantasy there's no such thing as an act that is totally pure if you feel that it's so pure then there must be a major error in this whole path must be you should always be able to discern elements of self-interest even if they are a very small percentage you must keep davening that hashem will remove them from you as we mentioned already before so once you are primarily immersed in the world of lishma you have to check to see if your lishma is genuine or only an illusion. And often a person will say, I'm doing this for the sake of Hashem. But they're only words. <laughs> they're only words. Deep down, <laughs> the person doesn't have the slightest sense of lishma. And to perform this kind of self-examination, you have to possess a highly refined degree of sensitivity to subtle feelings. And if you have the sensitivity, immediately feel the falsehood in each act and never cease to distrust your motives. So anyone who has this sensitivity is going to immediately feel, feel the falsehood. So in each act, you have to suspect that the true motive is Shelo Lishma and that the Lishma is false. A ruse of the Yetzara that tries to delude you. And to live this way all the time, you have to be in a very high level with a strong capability for self-doubt. And if one hand, on one hand, you, you can always suspect yourself, but on the other hand, you have to act you can't allow your, your doubts to stop you from doing what you know you have to do. The Hobos Alevavos states that included in the value of caution is the need to be careful not to be overly cautious. Caution can prevent, can prevent you from doing anything. And there's no precise answers as to how cautious you have to be. It depends on your heart on your heart, your level of spiritual truth that you've been able to attain. But you have to remember one fundamental guideline. If you have to, you must pour your heart out each day. You have to pour out your heart each day before Hashem, asking Hashem to direct you to the truth. And if you don't do this in the, from a, from a depth of your heart, it's likely that at the very root you have duped, you have been duped by subtle fallacies. And then your whole avoda is mamish in error. So this principle, although mentioned in the context of Lishma, encompasses all the areas we discussed from the beginning until now. 
throughout all these shiurim, throughout all these lessons, you have to examine each situation with your own eyes. And you will not always have the opportunity to ask someone. Even if you ask, there's no guarantee that the other person is going to understand you properly. So and you might create an entire thought structure, but it will be built on faulty foundations. And you may have heard correct principles, but you didn't grasp them properly. And you think that you understood, but you build your whole avoda on what you think you heard. And sometimes what you're doing, thinking that you're succeeded in general with just occasional setbacks. And in fact, you're not progressing at all. So how then can you be confident that your path of avoda is proper? How can you be confident? And the truth is that no one has the right to be confident in, in your way. If you claim to be certain, then that's the biggest problem. You have to always suspect that you're in error. Every day, dive into Hashem and cry for the death of your heart. Master of the world, maybe I'm in error. Set me straight on the true path. The altar of Novodok, even when, when very old, said that if he would know of someone who could show him the truth, that even if that person would be far away in, dist in a distant country, he would travel to him to receive the truth from him so every day he would reevaluate his approach to see if it was true and even though he found it was true he would ascertain whether it was appropriate for him and so on so a person can never be overly confident only the wicked are confident whereas the sadikim always question themselves as to whether they are truly doing what's required of them and along with their doubts they're able to serve Hashem with joy because they know that they were using all their abilities and dominating to Hashem to be saved from error and thus hopeful that Hashem would show them the right way. But Hashem's help is contingent. Listen to this. Hashem's help is contingent on your always doing what you should. And davening literally every day and several times a day Master of the world, maybe I'm mistaken. I might be taking a minor error or even a major one. I might be making a minor error or even a major one. So there no, there's no guarantees in this life. Only after a person leaves this world can, can, can you really truly know um, that if you acted properly or not. The heavenly court will examine a person's heart and will know the truth. But in this world, there's no guarantees. The Pasuk says, Behold, even his holy ones he does he does trust. Behold, even his holy ones he does trust. So not only does Hashem doubt us, but we must also have self-doubt. As Hazal said, do not trust yourself until your day of death. Not only is there a concern that tomorrow I might stumble, but even today I might already be on the wrong path. Even if great Sadiqam followed such a path, perhaps I don't understand it properly or do not apply it to myself correctly. So we cannot be sure of anything in life, nothing other than the need to dive into Hashem daily and hourly and that he show us the truth. So the great danger and all that we've presented so far and we've learned so far and we've given over so far is that you have to assume that you now have a clearly defined path. And now at least or last, you feel that you know what to do. And you can start working and you'll surely succeed. In fact, however, you may succeed in trying, but you cannot be sure that you'll really succeed in obtaining the right results. And you must cry to Hashem every day. You have to cry to Hashem and you have to beseech Hashem. Allow me to know the truth. Maybe I didn't understand properly. 
And you must always ask for the truth about life and about your general behaviors as well as the details. The more you know, the more the more you can err and think that you know enough. So on one hand, a person needs to work with a definite pattern. On the other hand, you have to suspect that you're in error. You have to. So, Bezat Hashem, may Hashem help us to truly strive to become close to you, and have the right intentions because we only seek to have the MS. We only seek to have that closeness and to be in the Vegas to you, Hashem. And at the same time, we have to always beg. We have to beg Hashem that He will truly bring us close and save us from error and place us on the proper path. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve Amen.